Good morning and welcome to Sunday School. I'm Deacon Faye Patterson with our lesson for today, Spiritual Disciplines for New Life. Before we begin, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you have made and for allowing us to be a part of it. We thank you for each lesson that we learn so that we can know more about you and become more Christ-like in our walk each and every day. Thank you for loving us and for caring for us and providing for us the way you do. Forgive us of our sins. Thank you, Lord, for our church family and for our home families. Continue to keep us in your care. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So our lesson today is Spiritual Disciplines for New Life, coming from Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. Our aim for change is that by the end of the lesson, we will recognize the importance of spiritual disciplines in maintaining a Christian life, reflect on people in our lives who mentor us in faith, and accept the role of mentor for new Christians we may encounter along the way. Our In Focus lesson involves a young woman by the name of Felicia. She prayed daily and tried to live and speak in a manner that reflected Christ. After taking on more responsibility at work, she began to waver in her faith. Instead of maintaining her prayer life, she would often procrastinate and sometimes forget to pray altogether. Her attitude and actions began to change as well. She would quickly become angry when things did not go her way and become short with people if they disagreed with her. She was often bitter because she began to focus on what she considered broken dreams. Felicia began to feel that God had abandoned her. One morning, she called her former Sunday school teacher and expressed how she felt. He asked her how often she prayed. Felicia realized that she had not been praying. She knew she must pray and be mindful of how she spoke and lived to continue to grow in the Lord. Spiritual, practicing spiritual discipline is vital to our walk with Christ. Apostle Paul emphasizes that it is a lesson we should never forget. So I ask you, how do you practice your spiritual disciplines? In the way of background, we know from previous studies that the book of Colossians was one of Paul's four prison epistles, along with Galatians, Ephesians, and Philippians, and it was written to be shared with the churches of Colossae, Laodicea, and Phrygia. And you probably noticed that Colossae is spelled in two different ways, with an S-A-E on the end or an S-S-E on the end. Colossae was a city in southwestern Phrygia, a region of Galatia, and now modern-day Turkey. And it was the center of Christianity in the region. Colossae was known for its purple colossinous wool, which was dyed from the sicilum flower. And you can see an example, a couple of examples of that beautiful flower at the top of this uh, slide. Jews and Christians in Colossae intermarried. However, many Greeks in Laodicea maintained their pagan worship. And here we can see a map of some of the early churches and Colossae is right here uh, where you can also see Laodicea from the, uh, to the west of Colossae. Continuing with background, we know that the church leaders 
Archippus, Philemon, and Epaphras sought Paul's help in refuting the heresy in Colossae. Paul preached redemption through Jesus Christ and the supremacy of Christ. He showed how to put Christ's teachings into practice. Paul launched a polemic against the Gnostics, expressing a strongly critical attack against their philosophy and teachings. Tychicus, or Tychicus, which I've seen written both ways, carried the letter from Paul to the churches. He began this chapter, Colossians 4.1, by addressing slave masters, exhorting them to treat their slaves fairly and justly. He also encouraged them to devote themselves to prayer. In other words, Paul exhorted all Christian employers to exercise justice and grace toward their employees. So this brings us to our lesson scripture, Continue in Prayer, Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 4, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. So verses two through four talk about our prayers and our attitudes, two themes that we see in this scripture. Verses uh, two through four specifically deal with prayer. And we know that as Christians, prayer is our most important discipline. What three things does Paul ask Christians to do in this verse, verse two? To devote themselves to prayer, to be alert, and to have a thankful attitude. And what does it mean to devote yourself to prayer? Does it mean you have to pray 24-7? No, it doesn't. Some examples of, of us devoting ourselves to prayer is when we wake up in the morning, we pray. When we go to bed at night, we pray. We pray throughout the day. We pray in the spirit. We pray before we eat. We thank God for that accident that just missed us, and we ask for traveling mercies each time we leave home, and we thank Him when we arrive and return safely. We ask the Holy Spirit to speak through us before we say something inappropriate, and so on. Two examples come to mind that I read about as I was researching this lesson. One is from Luke 11, 15, 11 chapter, verses 5 through 10, about the persistent friend who knocks on a neighbor's door at night asking for bread after they've gone to bed. And he tells them that we've gone to bed and, you know, come back tomorrow. And But the friend is so persistent that he continues to knock on the door. And finally, the, the friend or neighbor gives him the bread. So we have to be persistent in our prayer and as well as being consistent. Another example was in Luke 18 verses 1 through 8, the parable of the persistent widow who went to the judge seeking justice and she was not going to accept no for an answer. So she continued to badger the judge until he gave her justice. So those are examples of being consistent as we pray throughout the day and being persistent as we continue uh, to ask God for things, to, to bless us and to, to be with us. So what does Paul mean by being alert? Alert means that we have to stay awake, of course, but it also means to be aware of the specific needs rather than just vague, unfocused prayers when we're asked to pray for someone. 
We need to be alert in order to receive God's answer to our prayers as well. So we should be focused with the spirit of thanksgiving. We should be grateful, humble, and reverent towards God. That comes from Ephesians 6, 18. So why is it important to have a thankful attitude when we pray? Well, first, Paul wanted the Gentiles to be thankful that they had been brought into the promise of the blessings and salvation as heirs in Christ. That's Ephesians 3, 6. Also, we should thank God for who he is as sovereign Lord and creator, the great I am. We should thank God because he is good. Think about how he has blessed us. He is certainly worthy of our praise and our thanks, and he listens and answers our prayers. But prayer is a two-way communication. When we talk, God listens, and when we listen, God talks to us through his Holy Spirit. And also, Paul said that thankfulness leads to contentment, and contentment leads to joy in Christ. So Paul's asking for those who pray for them and for the leaders to pray for him and other leaders shows that even our mentors need prayers to strengthen them. So continuing with verses uh, two through four, in verse three, Paul says, pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. So what was Paul's specific request? Paul wanted the church to pray that he and the other leaders would be given an opportunity, a metaphorical door through which they could continue to spread the gospel and the mystery of Christ. Paul believed in the power of Jesus and the transformational power of the gospel. He wanted the church to pray that God would open doors for them to preach, despite the fact that preaching the gospel is what landed Paul in prison in the first place. Although he was in prison, Paul had spiritual freedom. So jail was that metaphorical door through which he could write and witness. We see that in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 16.9 also in 2 Corinthians 2.12. Because of Paul's bondage, his colleagues also felt emboldened to preach the gospel. They were concerned that Paul would risk his life for his faith in the gospel. If Paul could do it, they could too. So what did Paul mean by the mystery of Christ? This refers to the truths that are hidden until now, but revealed for the first time to the saints in the New Testament. Such truth includes the mystery of the incarnate Christ. Uh, we see that in second uh, in Colossians 2 verses uh, 3 through 9. And also that Christ himself is the Messiah. Uh, the unity of Jews and Gentiles made into one body in the church. The, the rapture. All of the things that are taught in the New Testament. Uh, verse 4 says, pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. So why did Paul want to be able to preach the gospel as clearly as he should or could? We know that Paul was an educated man and he had quite a vocabulary, but he didn't want to be guilty of using $100 words that nobody understood. Also, maybe he wasn't as great of an orator as he was a writer. 
Paul said he would rather speak five words that made sense than to use a bunch of words that made no sense. He needed to be very careful and to be clear to new believers and to unbelievers who were not even familiar with the gospel or believers who were unsure of the gospel message. Remember that a lot of different philosophies and heretical teachings were taking place during this time. Paul wanted them to get it right from the very beginning. The second part of our lesson is speak with grace and it comes from Colossians 4 verses 5 through 6. I'll be using both the King James, New King James Version and the New Living Translation for these verses. First, uh, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. That's the New Living Translation. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. So wisdom is being able to distinguish between what is appropriate and what is inappropriate. Godly conduct is beneficial for us and for others. We cannot witness without wisdom. Also, enthusiasm and tact and common sense are important as well. As believers, we must be very careful and wise about how we act, how we live, and how we speak. We are called to live in a way that brings credibility to the Christian faith. Christians must be careful not to be, become a bad influence on a new believer or on a non-believer. Our faith should influence our lifestyle. That comes from Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. We want to live in a way that exemplifies and honors Christ so that we can use every opportunity to evangelize how uh, to non-believers that we encounter to explain our belief in Christ and so if we have uh, that little elevator speech that uh, we've talked about in the past that we can share with someone, it may come in handy when you're trying to witness to a non-believer or to a new believer. Verse six says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for every one. That's the New Living Translation. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. That's the New King James Version. So in the New King James Version of verse six, Paul uses salt as a metaphor for grace. You know, salt was a very expensive seasoning and preservative back in Paul's day. As Christians, we are to be the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? it will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. That comes from Matthew 5, 13. Not only is what you say important, but the very nature of every conversation must be monitored. Obscenities or insults should not be a part of any Christian conversation. Salt keeps food from spoiling. Grace is the salt that seasons our dialogue, making it savory and keeping it from corrupting. Remember, Paul had to address very strange philosophies and heretical teachings from the Gnostics and others. He wanted Christians to remember who they were in Christ. Speech must be influenced by love, compassion, and other traits. Mark 7.20 says, That which proceeds out of man, that is what defiles the man. Our speech reflects the condition of the heart and the mind, feelings, 
our thoughts, and our worldview. Language shows our spiritual condition, and an evil spirit produces evil speech. We demonstrate God's grace by the nature of our speech. Also, body language tells a lot, so we all should have to watch the way we act around people. We need to show that we are fully present and interested in what we are saying to the person or what the person is saying to us. Eye contact and focusing uh, on what is said and not letting our minds wander are also important when we are speaking to and witnessing to someone. So this leaves us with our concluding thoughts. Be consistent and persistent in your prayer life. Be alert to special prayer requests and to hear from the Holy Spirit. Pray for leaders and mentors as well as for yourself. Always speak with grace. You are representing Jesus Christ. Honor Christ in your words and actions and look for opportunities, for doors of opportunity to witness to non-believers. Thank you for joining us and we'll close with a short prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for allowing us to have this class together. We thank you for your word and we pray that it will be put to use throughout this day and the coming days ahead. We thank you for your, your son Jesus and for salvation and Lord we thank you for who you are. We pray that you will continue to watch over our church family as well as our families at home and that you will help us to walk in a way that is worthy and pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.